We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's time to get back to the sports talk. All right, let's do this thing. Go! Sports Daily is on KFH. He's got all the insight on what you want to know and maybe some of what you don't want to know. Here's K-State insider Tim Fitzgerald. We are back, baby. We're connected. We're going to have a word with uh, some internet providers for messing with us today, Fitz. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Let's get to it. K-State. They do what they need to do. They get the needed to win, and and a win probably that they had to win to stay in the Big Twelve race. Some of the stuff that's happening in this league are is just ridiculous, right? Nobody is getting on win or losing winning or losing streaks, right? Uh, Oklahoma State, the exception at the moment, and nobody's winning road games. <laughs> There's only two teams in the league above 500 on the road: Kansas and Texas, and they're a game above 500. It's a jumbled mess. We said it might be six losses. Boy, it feels like it's going to be six losses uh, at the top. And how many teams can get there? Or can one team get underneath that? I don't know. This has been nuts. But Kansas State had to get the one that they got this weekend, and it was good to see him do it. Yeah, and it looks like Big 12 officiate is getting more and more intrusive as the season goes on. I didn't watch it, but I guess the Iowa State-West Virginia game was a disaster with the number of foul calls. So it's it's hard to win anywhere, uh, whether you're home on the road. <clears throat> if you're Kansas State, you're facing an interesting opportunity, though, if you line up the Big 12, and as you mentioned, Oklahoma State might be joining the upper portion of the conference, uh, but you've got Oklahoma, West Virginia, and, and Texas Tech down there, kind of what is seen as the bottom tier, and that's where K-State goes, along with Oklahoma State on the road coming down the stretch. So they've got what where at one time the bottom four teams in the conference on the road, they've, they've gone everywhere else. So they have an opportunity here to have some success um, and, you know, get out there on the road and swipe some more victories. But it's, it's just not easy, whether it's Lubbock or Morgantown or anywhere in between. This conference is just brutal. I think it can be really easy, Fitz, to, uh, to, to fall into the category of uh, boy who cr- who cried wolf uh, when you keep saying like oh this is a must win it's a must win eventually the words must win start to lose its luster a little bit but at least for me I really did feel like the TCU game 
was as close to a must win as the Wildcats could possibly have considering the the conference losing streak and they had an opportunity at home with TCU being kind of hobbled and beat up and and it, but it would still end up being a big win. Did you feel like it was gut check time a little bit for the Wildcats in that game the other night? Absolutely. Uh, they they had to win that game or they were going to be in a free fall. Um and you know, that was a really competitive game until the final few minutes when Casey just blew it open down the stretch. And and for the first time in you know, a number of weeks, K-State kind of looked like what they had earlier in the season. They really kind of got that offense and defense working together and got some rhythm. Um, and, you know, part of that was they shuffled personnel some in that game and, and seemed to find some success. So it'll be interesting to watch how the player rotation is impacted on Saturday in Lubbock if they go to more Tykee Green like they did in the TCU game and, and bring him in for defense and uh um, rebounding because that I think it had a really positive impact, but will that be a permanent change? We'll see. Yeah, it's it is um, it is something to watch with this team too. I think Tim the evolution of you know the scoring capabilities and TCU's hobbled. Keontae Johnson definitely didn't have his best game. He was in foul trouble, but I mean I think that long term. Him being in foul trouble and then playing like that could be a good thing for the development of this team, right? Like, the more confidence you have that it's not just any one guy. We've seen Noel not have big scoring nights and they'd be fine. Now we're seeing Keontae not have a, you know, a massive scoring night. He was effective when he was out there, but the team's fine. The depth is starting maybe a little bit to create itself here, which is what we've talked about for a long time. But that's the kind of stuff that long-term, I think, makes a difference when you get to tournament time. Yeah, you know, uh, they had Desi Seals come off the bench and, you know, attack the rim, get to, into the lane and break down the defense, and Tyke Green got going, um, you know, partially with Ollie Oops, but rebounding around the rim and, and being effective. So they, they have kind of developed some other guys, and that's, you know, where their struggle was. When those other two guys were off, they, they often just didn't have enough offense. And if this team doesn't have a fluid offense, it really impacts the defense. They kind of just, the two really tie together. They're not separate into the court for this team for whatever reason. So it snowballs one way or the other. And if they can stay effective on the offensive end and kind of explore some other options offensively, those two guys, Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson, are uh, trying so hard to be the offensive output. In the TCU game, they had 12 of the 15 turnovers. So um, I, I think they're going to have to, find a way to take some pressure off those guys. Okay, Marquise Noel. I watched him, and I, I know you did too, at one point take a shot that looked like it was from Junction City. Uh, I mean, it was from so far away, and he made the shot. Uh, it was incredible. How much of Marquise Noel's game is a no, 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 okay, well, that works out kind of thing? A lot. Uh, I mean, that's, kind of what he does and you know as of late it's been the dribble penetrations when no 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 and it doesn't work out um <clears throat> his ability to hit those shots uh, i'd love to see a shooting percentage on those don't don't take that shots because um i think he's about 50 percent. i remember making more than he misses on those really deep ones he, you know it's actually in the in-between the 25 foot that he kind of you know maybe struggles with a little bit more but that was both feet on the logo, the power cat. You know, he was just beyond the, the center circle. I 
I don't understand that range. I can't grasp that range, but he legitimately has that range. And I don't think they mind him taking that shot because he's unguarded and, and he squares up and measures it and, and hits it. It's, it's something else. It's really impressive. Tim, when when you look at this team in the tournament, what are you beginning to get a sense of for the expectation in March? Not the Big 12. We know that's going to be just an right. absolute battle down the stretch. But when we go beyond that, does this feel like a team that needs to win a couple of games and get into the second weekend? Like where I, where do you think that expectation sits as we sit here now on February 9th? I, you know, I think for most of the top portion of the Big 12, whether that's five, six, or even seven teams, we're looking at, you know, a lot of those teams are going to be four seeds and above. And if, if you're a four seed or above, you should be into that that second site. You should win your first two games. And we'll see if they're capable of that. Um, you know, I, I go back to that Florida game, guys. We, you know, Florida is kind of maybe a bubble team. They're they're okay in the SEC. They're, there's really not many teams in the Big 12 like Florida that – um, are you know, kind of hanging around in the middle. And, and K-State didn't blow out Florida, but it, it, the game wasn't competitive. I mean, K-State was clearly in cruise control and the better team. And so that's how they're going to match up with some of these teams that are just getting into the NCAA tournament. I think most of the Big 12 is going to start advancing because they're they're used to this night in, night out. you got to be ready, um, more so than ever. So it's I think the Big 12 teams will be battle-tested, but will they be worn out by the process? We'll, I guess we'll find out. Well, if it's on Saturday, the the most immediate test, the Wildcats head down to Lubbock to take on Texas Tech, who have been pretty snake-bitten, at least throughout conference play this season, although they did get their first Big 12 win by knocking off Iowa State in overtime uh, last week. I would imagine that this Texas Tech team has got to be feeling pretty desperate right now. What do the Wildcats have to avoid going on the road to a place like Lubbock, which, you know, historically is not really a fun place to play, uh, but taking on a Texas Tech team that has absolutely underperformed in conference play? You know, you you just got to get find a way to play your game. And I think if Kansas State can get enough defense going that connects to its offense and vice versa, um, they're capable of winning anywhere. I mean, they've won in Texas. They've won at Baylor. Um, you know, they, they're capable of doing it. But that was earlier in the year. They've kind of lost their way in a, in a manner. But also I think teams have adjusted and figured out how to kind of slow them down with putting a bigger guard on Marquise Noel and – and getting physical with Keontae Johnson. So K-State's got to come back and consistently answer. And if that's Desi Seals or Tyke Green or or one of the other guys that has to step up, they, they certainly need more help on the offensive end than they've been getting. Let's finish with this, Fitz, because we haven't talked a lot about it. We, we sort of started to bring it up, I think, yesterday or some point this week. Of There's no easy path in the Big 12. There, there just isn't one. However... If your road games remaining are Texas Tech, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and West Virginia, you're only, you know, the only, your two contending teams for the title are Iowa State and Baylor. You get them both at home and another one against Oklahoma at home. As you look at it, K-State, as much as it can be, has a pretty favorable final seven game stretch here uh, down the stretch and, and, Man, I think that reality that they could win this thing is is in the mix here based on the schedule they have left to play. Oh, I agree. 
they've got a lot of their hard work behind them in terms of Big 12 action. Um, and they have an opportunity here, but you just got to go take care of business. We, we continue to see the, those lower teams, if you want to say it that way, win at home or be a real challenge. Um, so K-State can't mess around. They, you know, they've got back-to-back road games here, Saturday, Tuesday, at Texas Tech, at Oklahoma. Um, guys, if they go 2-0 in that, that, that phase, which will not be easy, um, they're, they're setting themselves up pretty well for a, a nice run heading into a weekend game with Iowa State. So uh, they, they've got some real opportunity here. Now they just have to be good enough to take care of it and, and, and focus in. But um, I, I've never seen standings past the halfway mark of a season look anything like they do right now. It's just a jumbled mess of teams. What There's seven teams within two games. Texas has some real challenges. You know, I think Texas is really good. Uh, can they stay up, up up top in this conference? We'll find out. But it's it's a real opportunity for K State, and we'll see if they're good enough on Saturday. All right, Fitz, what do you guys have up at Go Power Cap right now for people? Well, it's a little transition day at the site. We got our podcast up. We got another daily delivery after the radio show is over. If you want more K State talk, head on over to Go Power Cat and listen to the latest edition of the Power Cat Questions podcast as we take questions from our subscribers. Um, about K-State sports, mostly basketball, some football mixed in, but some pretty good stuff, and always the conversation is going hot and heavy at at Go Power Cat about everything going on. All right, there goes Tim Fitzgerald at Life of Fitz on Twitter. Fitz, let's talk again next week. Thank you, boys. Good to talk to you. All right, we got more coming for you on Sports Daily. Tommy and I will be back. We're connected for now. We'll be back. We'll talk more about the shocker situation. I think that's what's on people's mind today. 869-1240. Give us your thoughts. We'll take them. We'll discuss them. It's complicated. We get it. We're here for you on Sports Daily. The commercials are over. Yo, I haven't got all day. 869-1240. Time to get busy. This is Sports Daily on KFH. All right, welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily on KFH. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Castor here with you on this edition. Much of our conversation today uh, has swirled around Wichita State basketball, and it is on the, you know, on the heels of one of the more disappointing losses of the season last night. That wasn't Houston coming back in the second half. It was UCF, a game they should not have lost. Another one slips away. There is some apathy setting in for the program. Uh, it's the reality of things. Is it fair or unfair? I don't know. I don't really get into telling people what to do, how to spend their money, doing all that kind of stuff, Tommy. But it's there. I mean, we can all feel it, right? It, we know. We all know it's there. You know, the team has won games, but not enough to appease a fan base that was so you know, used to winning at a high, high level and making runs in the NCAA tournament, doing all those things, sending players to the NBA. It's a tricky time in college hoops. You've got the transfer portal to deal with. I think that there is talent on this team. It is beginning to rise up, but they continue to let games slip away. And there are decisions to be made one way or the other by the new administration at Wichita State. 
the complicated part of this for me is I just don't know enough of the financial situation to know what's realistic. And that's always been the case since Greg Marshall was let go. And we know there was a big, what was it, $8 million settlement. And it, it may not be what everybody wants to hear, but it's reality, right? Like dollars and cents matter. You've got budgets. You have these things you have to do. And if they wanted to, after Greg Marshall, go make a big splash and hire a big-name coach, maybe it was possible. But the people that helped make that possible were Greg Marshall advocates, right? So it, it gets difficult to evaluate. I'll maintain that Isaac Brown was absolutely the right hire at the time when you consider all the circumstances. And in a lot of ways, you know, my, my buddy Jeffrey Parson, who we used to do Sports Sunday together on 12 News for a long time, and we definitely, you know, differed in opinion at the time um, on this decision as it was being made. Um, and I think both of us had good points at the time. Um, Jeffrey, who there's a conversation between he and I right now on social media. It's like we're back to 2020. It's kind of funny. But, you know, he maintains that they needed to swing bigger at that point. And, and you know, right now, you may be right about that. I don't know what was realistic at that time. It's impossible to know that because we're never going to get the answers we would need to answer that question. But I also think hiring Isaac Brown was a swing for the fences kind of move in some ways because Wichita State, for, for some people, for a lot of coaches in this country, will be a stepping stone program. It wasn't that way for Greg Marshall. That was one of the great things about the Greg Marshall era, right, is he kept staying and kept staying and kept staying. Isaac Brown, when you hire that, you know, make that hire and give a guy an opportunity he may not have had other places, that same possibility exists. So that was one of the reasons I thought it did make sense because what I don't want to see happen is Wichita State continue to, you know, build momentum, get the finances in place, make good hires, and then lose those coaches. That's always the risk there. And and maybe it's a risk that can never be avoided. I don't know. But I'm I'm the most interested right now in what Wichita State's ceiling is as a program. And that means more than just this year, and regardless of who the coach is. And it gets into the NIL opportunities. And it gets into this interesting scenario where in a – in a city this size, Tommy, Wichita State is the city's pro team. Wichita State men's basketball is the pro team of this city. We see it because they sell out 10,000 fans, 11,000 fans every night, every time they play when the program was at its peak, right? There are NBA teams that probably would love to have that sort of attendance. And and so there's also big industry and big money backing that university. And if the planets align... Can somebody be big name be brought in? And can big-time players now with NIL opportunities be brought in? I still think that that can happen. But it, you know, it, it's hard to to guess unless you've got the books in front of you, you know, what's happening to get it there. I think that's what Greg Marshall saw in Wichita State was he could be the king and he was the king. Uh th- there was no other competition. Uh that the university didn't have a football program. And there were no major league sports teams in this city. And so that was, that was I think, a major uh, draw for Greg Marshall to stay at Wichita State. You know, hindsight is twenty twenty, And I think that going back to when Isaac Brown was given the permanent job, Darren Boatwright, I think his hand was forced at the time. I mean, if the Shockers hadn't have rallied around Isaac Brown in the way that they did, and they hadn't have won the games at the clip that they did, 
when he had the interim tag, there wouldn't have been the pressure to remove the interim tag and sign him to a contract. Uh, and, you know, so I, I think that, you know, you can have a revisionist history in all of this and say uh, Isaac Brown should have never been hired. Okay, well, if you go back to when that team, I mean, I remember seeing the video of when it was announced that he was going to be the permanent head coach and the team was given that announcement and they all like surrounded Isaac Brown and hugged him and like they were so happy. I don't think anybody can sit there and say that was a bad decision to make. Maybe they can right now, but at the time, I don't think you can go back and rewrite history and say that, you know, there was no justification to give him that job because there was. I remember it. There was justification at that time. So we can go back and try to rewrite it, but it's that's not accurate. But today, we're not talking about that. We're talking about today. We're talking about where this program goes moving forward. And when, as soon as Kevin Saul was hired as the athletic director, and it wouldn't have mattered who the new athletic director was, as soon as there was a new athletic director in place, my first thought was, Eric Wedge needs to watch out and Isaac Brown needs to watch out because both of those guys are, were, at least in the case of Eric Wedge, heading up the prominent programs at Wichita State, baseball and basketball. And neither one of them were hired by Kevin Saul. And both programs had had a, were coming off of a season of mediocrity at best. So, even back then, even when Kevin Saul was hired, my first thought was, all right, it's crunch time for both of these programs and both of these coaches to show this athletic director that has no ties to them, that didn't hire them, uh, that could easily go out and try to find somebody else. Uh, I thought they need to they need to make sure that they're producing. And in the case of Eric Wedge, he's no longer there. Uh, in the case of Isaac Brown, there's a lot of uh, speculation that he won't be there. Much well, longer. the C tot, so, right? The C tot. We haven't absolutely. heard that speculation from Kevin Saul. That that's that's the thing. And and you're right. Um, you know, softball has taken the banner in a lot of ways, and they have made sure that they have the resources and the coaching staff and everything that needs to be done there, and that's encouraging, right? But I'm I I'm absolutely going to push back. I'm and I know you're you're on the same page as me with this, but I'm absolutely going to push back at the notion that there was no justification to give him the job three years ago because oh, there Isaac absolutely yeah, was. I, it, absolutely it, there, there was. was. Of course there was. It's the reality of the situation, number one. And even, even if the situation wasn't what it was, and it was an absolute mess, mess, right? Players didn't know. This all happened right before the season started, yeah. right? Rallied the locker room, got the best of them. Um, you know, it, it just, at the time, right, you had the conference player of the year. Now, that didn't pan out with Tyson Etienne long-term, but all all of those things were happening, and you and it was like you, you either wanted to completely ignore. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. 
you deserve Medela. If you've persevered through, you deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame, two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medela, the Markable Fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Or anything that happened in the interim and just pretend like it wasn't happening or you or you just saw it and were like, well, what are they supposed to do? Because you just won the league. You had the conference player of the year. You've got to pay this buyout. You've got a guy that's bled, you know, you know, bled, sweat, and, and did everything for this program. Um, you know, I, I just, it was fine. It was the right hire at the time. It can both be the right hire at the time and not long term. I mean, those two things can exist together. And and again, I I still don't know the reality of what and, and I say this because people ask obviously we're talking about this because I don't know about you, Tommy. It is the number one thing people ask me about just about every day. What do you think is gonna happen? I say yeah. I don't know what's gonna happen because I don't know the reality of the financial situation at this very moment. If you make a change at head coach which is very possible, obviously. But if you do that, you had better, if you're going to have to you know, make all these payments and do all these things, you had better have the right person in mind and be ready and able to pay that person. Because you cannot now, if you're Wichita State, in my opinion, you, you can't take a risk and miss, right, this is, to me, the time where you've got to get a name, right? You didn't have to do that after Greg Marshall when they hired Isaac Brown. you got to do it now because the apathy has set in. And and so, you know, Jerome Tang came and immediately fired people up. Well, Jerome Tang's been a top assistant for a long, long time, right? And instantly you can see why he was going to be a hit and a home run. But you've got to get—if it's not going to be somebody that people already know— it had better be somebody like that. And in either case, you're going to have to pay big bucks to get that. And, you know, the the university paid, you know, adequate bucks to Isaac Brown, but I wouldn't say they went out and paid big bucks like they were paying for Greg yeah. Marshall at that point. Is that out there right now? Because it better be if you're going to make a change. And here's the other thing. There was a lot of attention uh, made by Wichita State. Not, I would say, publicly. I haven't seen anybody really talking about this, but the Shockers, remember they released the, all this information the athletic department did uh, early on or before the season started about the new game day experiences and the Shocker mezzanine and the laser light show and like, you know, the on-court hosts and all of this stuff with game day experiences. That's nice. Okay, cool. Like, I guess that's awesome. Uh, but that doesn't change apathy. You got to win. You got to win. That's the the, for, the foremost, most important thing. 
There is a reason why attendance in Coke Arena has dropped uh, from year to year to year since Isaac Brown joined the team and was named the head coach. And it's because of apathy. It's because the team is not winning. It's not because there's an on-court host playing games, you know, during media timeouts. It's not because there's a new shocker mezzanine where you can get drinks and what it's not because of any of that. It's not because of a laser light show. It's because the team is not consistently winning and they're not at a point to where people feel excited and want to go out to Coke arena and drop the kind of money that it takes to be able to go watch this team play. And so you can announce all of the game day amenities as possible. And believe me, I get it. Like I, I work in sports on a daily basis and I work on the game day experience on a daily basis and you want to have your fans uh, that you want to have them have a great time but you know what gives them a great time more than anything else when you win and I can tell you from my job we get more fans in the door when we win than when we lose I mean it's as simple as that it doesn't matter what sort of bells and whistles we're throwing out there so I get that they needed to do that I understand that but that seemed to be Kind of, um, you know, like the the whole like the emperor's new clothes, like the emperor doesn't have any clothes like you're, you're throwing all of this bells and whistles, flashy things at you like, oh, the new game day experience. But they're not winning games at the way the yeah, way that but, they should. But that stuff, I do think that stuff's important. I think they have to run hand in hand. Like, I think you've you've got to do both things, you know, at the same time. And. And it, the, the I don't wins think anybody's leaving Coke Arena and being like, no, 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 no. man, Not like right I now. wish that they had a laser light show. No, they're they're walking out and they're thinking, man, right. I wish they would have held a lead with yeah, 12 yeah, minutes yeah. to go. I'm not saying that that's not important. It's obviously the most important thing, but I don't think that it does. I, I don't think that that means you don't do anything to, you know, freshen up the experience either. Um, you know, it's Wichita State's fan base is a fan base, you know, by college standards, that's older, right? Again, for this because it because it's a pro team, right? As much as it is a college team to the city, and so I don't think there's anything wrong with upgrading, you know, game day experiences and facilities. I absolutely think that stuff's important, but it's not the most important thing, and 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 you got to do both. And you know, it, it's just there's too much left on the on the table. I think right now for fans, night in and night out. And there is, you know, there is um, a lack of confidence, and that's that's a problem. There's apathy, and that's a problem. All of those things are a problem. And in some ways, it's going to make for a better situation for whoever comes in next than it would have been for whoever immediately followed Greg Marshall. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Like, well, I think I think you can look at I, I think you can look at what uh, happened at Kansas State, right? Where kind of Isaac Brown is maybe the the Wichita State version of Bruce Weber, and whoever comes in the later will be years, the Jerome Tang, right? Yeah. yeah I mean, be, Bruce Weber, be, yeah. made tournament runs and had you know pockets of success, but so did Isaac Brown on a much shorter. And, and we say did Isaac Brown's still the head coach of this team. Isaac Brown's still going to coach this team to to try and beat its best this year. Um, all right, let's go to the phone line. Matt on the line wants to talk Shockers. Matt, 869-1240 on Sports Daily. What do you think? Hey, good morning, guys. You know, How are you? I think it was a, good. Eh? I think two other things that made it a perfect storm was, you know, number one, the transfer portal, right? So you've got this tough this tough process right now of being a mid-major or lower division one and not being a breeding ground for the older for the bigger schools and so when that transition happened 
you know, the transfer border was getting hot and heavy and, and talent's getting poached from these schools and we needed a, you know, a strong character, strong coach there. And then the last thing I'll say is the NIL, right? You know, Marshall had all those yep. relationships within the community and would have been able to go out and get those big contracts. And then that transition happened and it just was terrible timing. And I'll get off and, and listen to you guys. Yeah, Matt, that's a good point. I think about all the time how much success Greg Marshall would have had in this NIL era for what you, for the reasons you just pointed out. I think, I think he'd have crushed it because he had the ear of the most important people, right, and the support of them. Um, and unfortunately, circumstances dictated that he's not the coach anymore. And those circumstances are really crummy, right? And and so, yeah, th this perfect storm. But again, this perfect storm happened. And sometimes if a change is made, ultimately, um, it, it may help whoever it is that comes in next. And and here's the other part of it. And And look, I don't think there is anybody on the planet that doesn't like Isaac Brown as a person, doesn't think he's a high-quality individual, honestly, that doesn't even think he's a, a great basketball mind and a good recruiter and all those things. Sometimes it doesn't work out, but he was given a tremendous opportunity at the same time, right? This was a tremendous opportunity for him. And I think we can be realistic, like an opportunity like this wasn't going to happen in other circumstances, right? So there's a lot of different pieces to the perfect storm. And if they move on, Isaac Brown's probably going to go be a great assistant somewhere. And, and that's a part of it too. But, you know, what he's done for the program, stabilizing it in that moment of the most unstable circumstances you could possibly imagine will always have a really important place in this program's history. And that might be because it allowed for things to settle down and the next person to come into a better situation to succeed. Because remember, Wichita State lost a lot of players according to a lot of reporting uh, that we've seen and, and other things because they weren't up to speed in NIL and a lot of these things. And had they been, who knows what happened. So, you know, some of the circumstances didn't have anything to do with Isaac Brown. And so all of that combined can create an opportunity now if they make a change for somebody to have a better chance at success than they would have three years ago. That's absolutely within the realm of possibility. Yeah, I, I also think that it's important um, with whatever direction Kevin Saul goes after this season to understand that for the, the, the fan base to be careful what you wish for, uh, because there's no guarantee that it's going to be done correctly. I'd like to think it will be, uh, th there's no guarantee that the next hire will be wildly successful. Some of that, again, is the the kind of the victim of the expectation thing, right? Wichita State basketball was so good for so long, and Greg Marshall was the catalyst for it and the reason behind it, the driving force behind it. He was the rallying cry, the rallying point. All of that is true and legitimate. And it's kind of like catching lightning in a bottle twice. Uh, and so I think that assuming, and we don't know this, but assuming there's a change made when the season is done, uh, it's going to be really, really, really difficult to duplicate that level of success. Again, I'm not saying that there can't be success. There absolutely can be. And I think that depending on who that coach is, if it's a young and up and comer like a Kellen Sampson or somebody else, or even an established bigger name that the Shockers are able to get the money to pay him, 
I think that there is success. I mean, that everything is in place for the program to have a level of success. But I think that it's also important to recognize that in the world of the transfer portal, in the world of NIL, and in the world of coaches that, you know, Greg Marshall was the unicorn, right, that came to a place, had a ton of success, and stayed there at a mid-major level like Wichita State. That doesn't happen very often that there are a lot of different things in today's college basketball landscape that could potentially go wrong. So I'm not saying that that should be a reason to stick with the current coach if it's not working, but also be careful what you wish for, because there's no guarantee that any kind of change could move things in a positive direction. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's, um, it's just really um, difficult. It's just difficult and it sucks and we all want the best for the program and we all fear the apathy that is setting in. And we said that before the season, it was the greatest challenge. It was the greatest concern and the greatest fear is apathy. You know, when butts aren't in seats and they had a pretty good crowd last night. It was, it was okay, but it wasn't, you know, what it wasn't what everything needs to be. Here's the encouraging news is it can flip quickly, right? K-State's the example of that. And, it is just, it is going to be a really uncomfortable, I don't know, several months here. And and it'll be interesting to see if this team can compartmentalize, push all that away, right, and just focus on what it has left. Can this team go get a couple of wins in games that they shouldn't? Get us excited again. Because I think we kind of were getting a little bit excited. And then last night, we just see that again, and it's, man, it's hard. It is hard. Nobody likes it. Stinks. And here we are after after another tough loss. And we go into the weekend, and the Shockers will have opportunities down the stretch. And, you know, right now it's, you know, what could you do in the AAC tournament? I do think they've, you know, found a starting five that is effective. Can they learn how? to close these games better. I guess that becomes the big question for this program in the short term. And, you know, maybe there's some freedom in that to just say, you know what, forget all the rest of the stuff. Let's just get out there and go. Again, I'll say this. I, I The messaging from the players after the game still, I, I, I don't think they've given up or anything like that. So, no, we'll see what they can do down the stretch. 869-1240. Uh, you can go back. You can find us on social media. And... Uh, and see what you think on the Shockers. We'll come back. We'll set you up for the rest of the day here on Sports Daily, right here on KFH. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.